The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. Welcome into Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. I'm JT, along with Q Myers. Lincoln Kennedy coming up here in a little bit as we recap the Raiders' loss to Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve and look ahead to the San Francisco 49ers this Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Q, they all hurt. This one really hurts. The Raiders were the better team. They started off fast. They were ready to play. They took Franco's Italian Army out of the game. Weather wasn't an issue in regards to throwing the ball. The Raiders had the lead and once again lost the lead and lost on the final drive to a quarterback who should never have beaten them. No, I mean, it's another rookie quarterback getting a win over the Raiders. And again, it was a game of missed opportunities. It felt like the Raiders had time and time and time again to be able to put the Steelers away. And it felt like a touchdown, maybe 10 more points, and you're going to win that game easily going away. And they just weren't able to do it. They start off great, like you mentioned, get into the end zone on the first drive. And I thought, wow, that was a nice, long, methodical drive. You're in the end zone. Wow, it's going to be a really good day at the office. And then that was the last time they sniffed the end zone. It was probably the second best drive of the year, a 1A to the Rams game. Right. The Baker Mayfield yeah, yeah. game where the Raiders opened right. up in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. explosive, yep. took the crowd out of the game. And I really thought it was important to start off fast and to see what the weather would be like. And we heard all the talk as we hit the podcast last week right. about the snow and it was mm-hmm. going to be four below and all that. Well, both quarterbacks were able to throw the ball. They right. were able to throw it. Derek ended up having three interceptions in this game. And as you asked Josh McDaniels and you're there at the press conferences, if you continue to give a team that many swings. Yep. It's like a boxer. Eventually, yep. they might clip you with one, and it took to the last drive of the game for Kenny Pickett to go the length of the field and win the game. You just felt like the way that they were hanging around and hanging yeah. around and hanging around. We've done this before, right? We've talked about this. This happened multiple times. So I, I know when it got to the end of the game and the Steelers got the ball back, I kept feeling like, well, here we go again, right? Seen this story before and just didn't want it to be what it was, the end of result. But, man, the Raiders had so many opportunities throughout the course of the game. Denzel Perryman comes up with a big interception. Yeah. The Raiders give the ball right back, right? They get good field position on missed field goals. They can't capitalize. I mean, there were so many things, small things that happened here and there that just took the life out of the game for the Raiders and ultimately ended up in a loss. Yeah, this is another opportunity that the Raiders just couldn't put a team away. And yeah. when you cannot put a team away – after a good start in a lead, when you look at these five dramatic losses right. where they got shut out or only scored three points in the second half of multiple games, you start saying to yourself, what's going on? Because they open up in this game as we take a look at some of the highlights, and they're moving the ball, and they go on a long drive. Yeah, so they take very. they take the air out of the ball. They make, the, the catch to, that Hunter Renfro made, which is going to be coming up here in a little bit, and there's Derek running, something I'm always saying. Let's see him run more. Yeah. He gets an early run. I think he goes over his total for the game <laughs> right, right. Uh, right on the first drive yeah, of the yeah. game. And right. everything here is looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, they take their foot off the gas again. It just seemed like they couldn't sustain it, right? Yeah. I mean, it was something that they did. Again, the very first drive was great. You saw vintage Hunter Renfro. I mean, mm-hmm. that was probably the best Hunter Renfro we've seen all year long. Absolutely. It looked like it was back to the Hunter Renfro we saw from 2021, and then they just weren't able to make it happen. Devontae wasn't a factor in the game, and Josh Jacobs ultimately was taken out of the game as well. As you look at this catch by Hunter Renfro, if you're watching, you're listening, you remember the catch. Mm-hmm. The ball was perfect. I yep. mean, beyond perfect. You right. couldn't throw. If he threw that pass a hundred times, 
two would have been that accurate. Exactly. So that takes the weather element thing out of the game, right. the wind and all that. And then for Hunter to make that catch and to pivot and score, all of a sudden the Raiders are rolling and everybody touched the ball. Yep. So everybody was involved, including the offensive line, yep. who were pass protecting and run blocking. So I don't think you could have had a better start, Q. And what does it say about them scripting the beginning of the game? So right. the critics of Josh McDaniels, they're building these 17- and 20-point leads. They're mm-hmm. coming out, and they're doing something right, and they did it in Pittsburgh. No, they did, and they just, again, can't sustain it, and that's the big problem. And So you wonder what it is when it comes to the execution of the plays. I think the game plan is really good, and you know, a lot of people are critical of the fact that the, the Raiders threw the ball a lot. The Steelers threw the ball 39 times. This is my biggest criticism of the game. Look at the clock. 24 seconds to go, two timeouts, they call one. Yep. Waller gets in there. So Waller runs this route. Great catch, too, and by the I way. I think the intention of the beginning of the drive, the intention was to get a field goal. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that changes. Yeah, you're in, you you're gotta, in touchdown range. you got to be ready as a team now yep. to get seven. Right. Total six mm-hmm. and a touchdown. And what happened there was I think the Raiders lost the game right there. Just my opinion. Yeah. I think the game was lost there because the Raiders had a timeout and Devontae Adams and Waller. You separate them, yep. you run routes to the end zone, and you get a flag. Yeah. You get a flag. You got to take end zone. shots into the end zone. Now, what's the downside of that play? What happened was is that in Los Angeles, Derek threw an interception right. at the end of the half. Yeah. You think that that haunted Derek or the ability to attack the end zone there because you got first down at right. the 20-yard line with one timeout. Well, see, and if it did, that's a problem because you got to stay aggressive. you got to have a short memory. It's just like yeah. a cornerback that gives up a big play. you got to have a short memory, right? And Darren Waller, you got to give him a lot of credit go to for him adjusting. Again. Right, he go adjusted and made that catch. Go to him again. Go down the seam to him. This could have easily been a Darren Waller-type game with the elements and everything. Could have been a game that Darren Waller really ate. I-, I thought they left points on the board. There's no need too. to. And then here's the Perryman interception, as you talked about. So they get field position to start off there, and then another – Hunter Moreau, um, Foster Moreau yeah. drop or an interception, and I feel bad. The guy plays his tail off. He's mm-hmm. a good player, but there's been a drop a game. Right. The face mask penalty that cost brutal. the 50-yard run was brutal, yeah. and you feel for him because he's putting in all the work. He's, he's doing one of the best players on this yeah. team in regards yep. to mental focus and doing that. It's just not clicking all the, the time. The effort is there. It's just the execution is not yeah. there, right? The ball bounces off his hands, and he knows. I mean, he's mentioned it before in the locker room to us. Hey, I got to get on the jugs machine. I got to do better. He's taking accountability for that, but a couple mistakes here and there are going to be brutal, and that was really a bad one. For yeah, him. and this interception to Hunter was just a bad throw by yep. Derek. That can't happen. No. This is a game where you're up – 10-3, to three. and look, the Raiders get the ball back. They get the ball back again, and then this could have been the icing on the game right here when it came to a personal foul face mask on a run that was 50 yards that clearly, look, it happened. Yep. It shouldn't happen. Nope. Did it free him up? That's little debatable. Bit, yeah. A little yeah. bit there. But if you're Foster Moreau, you can't have can't your do hands it. to your face. You can't do it. And, no. and it's t- you're in as a blocking tight end right. for a reason. Right, right. You can't have a mental mistake like that and a physical mistake. That's exactly what it time. is, too. A mental mistake that you yeah. just can't do. And that's something that Coach McDaniels has talked about all the way back in training camp. They can't have mistakes like that. They can't have lapses of judgment where it costs the team a big play. And that was a huge play by Jacobs. There, was, there wasn't a lot of penalties in this game. No. If you look I don't at think the there's ones, any in the first half. That one was a monster yeah. one. And I think it took the wind out of the sails of this team. But it was one. One of those games, Q, where you just knew that they couldn't sustain any drives. Pittsburgh couldn't. Right. Pittsburgh was just – eventually you felt like the Raiders were going to get off the field. And maybe that's the key to this week's roundtable is what more could the defense have done? What more could right. they have done is that late in the fourth quarter, Pittsburgh had three points. Mm-hmm. You've got to win that game win every that game. time. And the defense has got to get one more stop. Yep. They weren't able to do it on the final drive here as we take a look. 
210 to go in the game. They're at midfield as they get a first down. You see the pass rush coming in really strong here. But look at that. What a throw. For those wondering, Pickett made an unbelievable oh, yeah. throw there to move the chains. And now it's that tip. Look at what happened here. Not only did he get in front of the first down, he got another 11 yards right. with two defenders standing right in front of him. Pickett got very comfortable he on did. those last couple he drives, did. and he was throwing that ball in there like he was very comfortable in the situation, the elements. And I'll say, when Chandler Jones went out and Denzel Perryman went out, that changed the game for the Raiders' defense. I mean, Max Crosby was the only one trying to get to the quarterback, and so they can key in on him and say, okay, you know what? He's not going to beat us. He's not going to finish the game. And that's what the Raiders need. They need a finisher. Well, if there's no Chandler and there's no Denzel Perryman at that linebacker position, all of a sudden the offense can, can focus in on Max and say, don't allow 98 to beat us, and we'll take our chance with their Look at this. For those who are watching, the touchdown. Yeah, too easy. The touchdown was too easy. too easy. That's the type of route you run in training camp where there's no defenders. Right. Yeah. Literally, you're, seven running on seven. A, you're running seven on seven, and yep. there's someone down the middle of the field, and no one's there to do that. That is completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. That is a breakdown in communication right. and in scheme, and it happens, and it's happened a bunch this year where the defense played hard. The defense, right. I thought, was the stronger unit, yeah. easily the stronger unit of the two, but the defense gave up one big play, and it happened to be that one. Like Josh Jacobs said in the locker room following the game, that they made plenty of stops and gave the ball back to the offense, giving them opportunities to build on the lead, and the offense couldn't do it. And then ultimately, when you need the defense to come up with a huge stop, they weren't able to come up with that huge stop on that touchdown pass. Hobbs thought that he had Harmon on, on help over the middle, and the, the communication, like you mentioned, wasn't there. Harmon was late rotating over, and it's an easy pitch and catch. And Q, we talked about it before we came on, that final interception by Derek, instead of dropping it in the bucket yeah. over the linebackers, he led Renfro yep. to throw that interception. There was no need for that. It wasn't even uh, he close. was open by 10 yards. Yeah. Just drop it in there. Drop Hunter would come back to the ball, mm-hmm. but it was just one mistake after another, and it's a shame because everything dropped well for the Raiders. The Dolphins lost, the Jets lost, New England mm-hmm. lost, and the Raiders, if they won that game, which they should have won the game. They should have won that game would be a game out with the 49ers coming to town, which I think the Dolphins still possibly could be losing games. And the Raiders blew that opportunity to be in the hunt really late into the season. We'll get into that with Lincoln Kennedy, who will join us next. We'll recap the road trip to Pittsburgh, and then we'll look ahead to the 49ers as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. When you're a part of a team, there are expectations. And one of the things I expect from my team is trust. I work hard to win, and I trust my team to work hard too. That's why I feel good about America First Credit Union. They're my financial team, and I trust that they'll always be there for me and my community. I'm Hunter Renfro. Join me and the America First team today. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. We bring in the great Lincoln Kennedy after some long travels back from Pittsburgh, uh, back for Christmas, and we head into the new year. And, Lincoln, let's begin. There's been so many dramatic losses this year, mind-boggling losses, but this one, it's got to be near near the top of the list for you. Big picture, how did the Raiders find a way to lose that game, a game they should have easily won? You know, well, I I will say this, guys. We we talked earlier in in the pregame about the internal pressure that might be added by by Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that Raiders had to have an answer for that. They didn't. That's what caused me the the ultimate combustion, if you will, that that blew the Raiders apart. The fact is that they couldn't protect 
Derek Carr. They couldn't give him enough time to survey down the field. The Raiders couldn't, you know, couldn't answer. After that first drive, it's inexcusable to me to why the Raiders couldn't make adjustments and and, and figure out a way to, to, to get to the Steelers. You know, you saw that first drive. They were able to march down the field, get themselves a touchdown. Then after that, there was no answer. The offense really let the rest of the team down. They could not find a way to score points. They could not find a way to generate any type of of, of momentum. And and the and the, and the Steelers took take advantage of it. And I think we've seen this guys throughout the rest of the season. For 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 all it's worth, the offense let the rest of the team down, not being able to generate points. And and it became big time this past weekend. Yeah, you know, and Derek missed a lot of passes, and I, I know both quarterbacks, they played in the elements, but how much of the elements do you think had to do with some of the overthrows that we saw from D.C.? I don't I don't know if it really did, Q, to okay. be honest with you. I don't know if it really did. I thought, I thought it was decision-making. You know, here, here's the thing. You, you go back to one pass in particular. When Derek threw that dart, tried to attempt that dart to Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. and it came up in an interception, he didn't have to throw it that hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's instances like that 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 set me apart. It's it's not it's not like the elements. Look, the, the elements were they they were cold. It was windy, but it's not like the, the the Raiders haven't played in those types of things before. The fact is is decision making, and as far as um, I, I guess what you say, uh, it, it, it was it comes down to attempts. Those are the things that stood out sit out for me the most here. You know, Lincoln, one of the things I'm going to remember about this season is how difficult it is on short yardage. It's either Josh Jacobs on second down is a yard short instead of a yard ahead, and he's had an unbelievable year. He and Marcus Allen, only two to 1,500 yards. But it's always third and short, third and one and a half, and they don't seem to be able to pick it up in the air. And my criticism is if the pocket is moving and Derek is sprinting, and Devontae's dragging across, or Hunter's getting a two-yard out. It's never easy on these short passing downs, and they're punting. And what happens in a game like this where you can't throw it deep or maybe you don't want to sail it out of bounds, these difficult throws to Devontae on the sideline, why aren't they using just the short portion of the field right in front of them to just pick it up and fight for another three downs? It's always dramatic on third down, and when they don't get it, that's when the dam starts to break and these other teams come back in the second half of games. Well, JT, it comes down to this. It comes down to the questionable offensive line play. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the question of whether or not your quarterback is going to use his legs. That's what it comes down to. Okay. When you have a quarterback who's mobile and will will have that advantage to him, you don't have that with Derek Carr. Look, for what it's worth, Derek has shown us at times that he's willing to run and get the first down, but it's not something you can rely on. Rely on. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is the same thing goes with the offensive line. The question is at the offensive line, and until you have the the stability of the offensive line, where you know that whether or not you're going to get it regarding your offensive line. You can push forward for what a, what a you know a QB sneak or something like that, and a quarterback who's going to run it. You don't have that, and because you have that, you don't have that. You can't really call those types of plays. How many times have we seen a quarterback sneak work mm-hmm. this time of year? Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you don't have that within Derek Carr because he doesn't always do that. And so I will say this, guys. Um, until you have that certain, you know, that 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 the stability at offensive line, until you have that at quarterback, you can't really call those plays. 
Lincoln, this was a game I felt like there was a chance for Darren Waller to have a big game with the elements and everything that that was going into it. You saw the big catch he had late in the first half, but he only really played 21 snaps. What right. uh, you know, what went into you think the thinking of him playing such a limited amount of snaps? You don't have that reliability to count on him because you haven't played with him that much. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The games that miss, the practice that's missed, you can't really call on him like that. There were certain opportunities for him. The, the fact is, and, and there were, there were, the, here's the thing. The, the, the interception that went to Foster Moreau, I commented on the air. I'm surprised they threw that to Foster Moreau because that's normally a Darren Waller pass. Right. He wasn't in the game. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So without that reliability of having him in the game on the time that you're calling on him, it's, it's really hard to say what happened. This is what you have when you have, uh, uh, you have injuries. You have in you know you have inconsistency for guys being reliable in practice. This is what you this is what you come up with because to me that wasn't a play that was for to Foster Moreau. That was a play that should have been to Darren Waller, but he wasn't in the football game at that time. Lincoln, the disappointment they mounts because of the fact that Kenny Pickett was the quarterback. He did nothing right. in the game until the final right. drive. Mm-hmm. What right. changed? What happened? We've talked all year with you about the middle of the field. And there it was, once again, and not only in the middle of the field, the bad tackling, it wasn't there early in the game. The Raider defense got off the field. They played really well. They deserve a lot of credit for holding that team to three points on Franco Harris night. On the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, if you would have told me, hey, JT, I'm texting you, it's the third quarter, and they're going to hold them to three going into the fourth quarter, I think the Raiders win that game by double digits. Mm -hmm. What happened on that final drive with the scheme and the mentality? Because they needed a touchdown, and I felt like the Raiders were playing a prevent defense to hold them to a field goal. Guys, I'm going to say this, and and I felt this the entire season. What's most disappointing about this team is that they failed to make adjustments. This is a coaching issue. They failed to make adjustments. I've seen this game, this this team throughout the year, and what has happened is that they failed to make adjustments. The, The Steelers made adjustments to what they can attack for the Raiders' defense. It was the middle of the field, and it's been the middle of the field through so many teams, mm-hmm. so many games, the middle of the field has been wide open. If you go back and you go back to the game before, if you remember the, the the New England Patriots game, you remember how they threw that seam route and it was it was over the head of the would-be receiver? It came up incomplete, but they attacked the same route, just the other side of the field. In the second half, they got a big game. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The Raiders have yet to make adjustments for that part of the field the defense is wide open in that part of the field they had it a couple of times in that Steelers game it didn't affect them really truly until the second half that final drive they failed to make adjustments for what they what's what's an open and incomplete area the middle of the field this defense has holes in the middle of the field and they failed to accept that especially when Perriman went out the uh, went out the game yeah, that's so what it's I, been a big hole. That's exactly where I wanted to go, Lincoln, was when Denzel went down, when Chandler Jones went down. We looked for Max to be yeah. the closer, but, I mean, all eyes were on Max once Chandler Jones yeah. went, was out and Denzel right. was out. It was almost like the Raiders' defensive line didn't have a chance. How massive was those two injuries for the Raiders? Huge, huge, because now you have two rookies, mm-hmm. whether it's Butler and, 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 and Masterson, however you want to look at it, you have two rookies that are trying to guard the middle of the field, and they don't have an answer for it. 
Well, it's interesting they don't have an answer because George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are coming to town. Right. Okay, so oh, we'll get to look, that look, in a look, It's not going to get any better. Yeah, we'll get it's to that. It's not going to get any better. Trust me when I want to tell you guys, it's not going to get any better. These final two games, it's not going to get any better. You could very well see what the Rams did to the, the opponent they faced on last night's game, mm. put up 51 points. You could very well see that happening to this Raiders defense. Well, what they have, the holes, if they don't find a way to uh, to, to cover it up and get it, get it answered, the holes that are in the middle of this defense can very well be exposed in these next few games. Lincoln, I want to get to Devontae Adams because what a year he's had, and he's had four Certainly. games. He had the game in New Orleans where he had one reception for three yards. Really nothing to show for in this game, especially in the second half of the game. And when they get away from him, we heard Josh Jacobs in the locker room after the game how frustrated right. he was. Devontae right. clearly wasn't not as vocal, but we can tell internally that he, he can't be happy with that. When you see Derek get away from Devontae or throw those routes that are so difficult, Q and I were saying before you came on, these sideline routes to Devontae, on a scale of 1 to 10, they're ten and a half to come down with the ball. Every time. Certainly. Every time. Why aren't they yeah. using the middle of the field, getting him off the sideline so he doesn't have to be a magician and have him do something over the middle of the field because we see him catch and pivot and then run people over, run through them, or make big plays. Why are they in love with the sideline in these toe-tapping catches, especially in weather like that in Pittsburgh? Because you know, in JTQ, the only time that you can get the ball to him with those routes is when he's on one-on-one coverage with the safety okay. in the middle, rather than uh, you know putting him in the slot and having the safety in the middle. You 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 have to you have to take away from him the fact that he's he, when he go when you try to go to him, you can't force the ball to him. That's what it comes down to. You can't force the ball to him. You you've got to throw it to him when he's open. The fact is, the Raiders have tried to force the ball to him in many in many ways and the only time he's open is when he's one-on-one coverage isolated on the side of the side of the field so to your point jt you have to discover you have to create plays to where he's not he's not your primary receiver he's your secondary receiver and you have to go away from him because look let's face it defenses are going to take him away they're not going to have him wide open they're not going to allow him to be isolated as your primary receiver Everyone going into this football game knows that he is a primary receiver. And if you look at him as a primary receiver, and what we've seen so far is Derek, the ball's supposed to go to Devontae. Ball's supposed to, they force the ball to him one way or the other. You have to throw it to him when he's open rather than try to create spots when he's open. Does it make sense? It does. But one, one thing that he's always done really well is run slant routes, right? I mean, he's done that throughout his co- whole course of his career, just quick hitters that got him the ball. And I just don't see that happening very often with him either this year. Well, you know what? They haven't created that because they've had other receivers in that position. So you have to, you have to realize, guys, this is an offense that's trying to uh, – what's the best way to put it? It's trying to emerge and trying to grow with a receiver quite like Devontae Adams. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is what when when I say when I go back to the, origi- the origination when we started, I said everybody needs preseason, and everyone needs preseason because you have to. You've got receivers like you know Hunter Renfro. You've got receivers like Darren Waller. You've got receivers like Devontae Adams. You've got to emerge as an offense when you can have all those weapons prepare. You can't focus on one. There's not just one good guy in this offense. You've got to create opportunities and you have to learn how to play together they haven't done that they haven't been able to done that consistently throughout the year because it's injuries and consistencies whatever however you want they haven't been able to do that well Lincoln and here's Derek the, t- Carr is the type of quarterback where yeah. you tell him throw Devontae throw to Hunter 
Throw to Darren. That's what he's programmed to do. Right. Well, you like, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Here's go ahead, a tough Jay. question for you, and you answer all the tough ones. Is this going to work with four no. pro bowlers? Because here, let no. me finish this. Because Darren Waller's a pro bowler when healthy. Hunter went to the pro bowl. Uh, Devontae is a perennial pro bowler. And Josh Jacobs is having an MVP Raider type year. So let's assume for this conversation all four of them are back, which is not a guarantee. Is this going to work with all four of them? There's only one football, as I often say to Eric Allen. One football. And if you want to highlight a Devontae Adams or a Josh Jacobs, then these other guys should be open because every defensive coordinator is staying up at night saying we got to face Devontae and Josh Jacobs. Wow, that's a one-two punch. But as you pointed out with this offensive line, if they don't protect to the best of their ability or they don't run block well, is any of this going to work having these all-stars sprinkled all over the offense? And then you have five games this year and five losses in the second half. They've combined for two field goals and were shut out in three of them. That can't happen. If you don't have all-stars and you have one of these teams that maybe have a guy who might go to the Pro Bowl and no one else, I can see it. But when you have this level of talent, how do you fix it in the offseason? JT, Q, I played with, I played with Charlie Garner. I played with Tim Brown. I played with Jerry Rice. All on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the quarterback and the quarterback decision making. Rich Gannon, I, I I I count. I can't tell you how many games I walked off the the the, the field after an unsuccessful offensive try, where every single guy was crying that he was wide open. Why didn't I get the football? Rich Gannon came down. And he's like, look, there's only one football. I've got to find a way to spread it out. It's going to come down to quarterback decision making. To answer your question, can it work? Yes, but it comes down to the decision-maker who's on the field. Not so much the play caller. It comes down to decision-making on the field. The quarterback has got to make the right decision. He cannot be programmed that this football has to go to Tim Brown. He cannot be programmed that this football has to go to Jerry Rice, that has to go to Charlie Garner. Whomever open, the best to keep this team, it comes down to decision-maker on the field. That's how it's got to work. You bring up a great point. One guy who didn't get the ball very often in the second half was Josh Jacobs, and as JT mentioned, was very vocal about it after the game, very frustrated. Uh, Josh McDaniels yesterday when we talked to him didn't have a problem with it. He actually kind of liked it and embraced Josh Jacobs. What did you see, Lincoln, for being up there at Birdside View? What did Pittsburgh do to eliminate the run game for uh, for the Raiders in the second half? They brought an extra safety down in there. They made it an eight-man box, made it very difficult to run on, which receivers have to go in there and dig out the box. Look, for the, for the most part, throughout the season, when, when teams have made that adjustment and have, have brought them in there, they've been able to block that. But the interior pressure, the fact that they've got Cameron Hayward and guys, all pro guys in the interior part, really made it difficult. And the Raiders had no adjustment for that, really. They, 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 their interior protection was very lackadaisical, was very lenient, was very open, um, and, and they got pushed around. Cameron Hayward had his way with the interior guards. And so Dylan Parham and Alex Bars learned a very valuable lesson in my part. Like, you, look, you, you got to bring your A game. You, you, you don't bring your lunchbox, you're going to have it handed to you. And that's exactly what happened in, in Pittsburgh, and they didn't have an answer for that. Yeah, we could see that in the second half of the game. All right, Lincoln, we're on to the 49ers, and here's the issue. I mean, this was going to be big. I was telling Q. If <laughs> right. the Raiders won that game, and they should have won the game, I'm not reaching for a win mm-hmm. that they couldn't have. This is not Kansas City or Buffalo and Buffalo in December. This was winning at Pittsburgh. They should have won that game. If they did, they'd be one game out. And I think Derek versus Brock Purdy would have been great. I'll take that. I'll take the odds on that with Derek at home. Freewheeling, freestyling, trying to win this game to stay alive. That is not the case anymore. 
And I can't believe what I'm seeing from Brock Purdy. I thought he was just going to hand it off and throw screens and wheel routes to Christian McCaffrey. Now Kittle's catching the ball, and they are attacking with this offensive play caller in Kyle Shanahan. The Raiders won't have Chandler Jones and Denzel Perryman here. What do you see as you do your prep for this game on how the Raiders can get off the field and get to Purdy? Because this isn't Montana. It's not Young. It's not even Garoppolo. they got to find a way to slow this kid down. What do you see? Well, he's got he's playing with the utmost confidence. Yes. You, you think about it when you think about this offense, you think about the chemistry of this offense. He's playing with the utmost confidence. And the thing for the Raiders is I would hope guys that we can see two games where the Raiders play with pride. I want to see pride come through. You don't have anything to shoot for, just pride. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it comes out of these young men because this look, look, at things that I have questioned throughout this season, guys, is whether or not this team team knows how to play together and knows how to be together. And this is the final two games. You don't have anything. You're not shooting for anything. We have nothing positive to talk about after these two games. Play with pride. And I'm hoping that we see that with the final two games. So to answer your question uh, as a response to the 49ers, Purdy has nothing to shoot for other than the fact that he's going to play for a backup job. He knows he's not going to be the starter. starter. After the season, they're going to go back to trade lands. Mm-hmm. You know, Garoppolo is going to go somewhere. But if he can be a constant backup, he can find himself a job in this league for many, many, many years. Absolutely. And within this system, he can. The system has uplifted. Him. It's, it's it's an extremely easy system for a quarterback. And so with this defense, with this offensive players, you know, all he has to do is play for some sense, some sense of consistency. If that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah, absolutely. And Lincoln, what I wanted to talk about was the 49ers defense coming into Allegiant Stadium. I mean, if the Steelers and that defensive line had their way with the offensive line, what's this 49ers defense going to look like, especially the defensive line trying to get after Derek? Well, here's the thing. This 49ers defense knows the the, – what's the best way? Knows the presence that this this rivalry used to have Mm -hmm. when they were in Oakland. Trust me when I tell you guys, but once upon a time – I used to take pride in the Bay Area rivalry. Right. I didn't care if it was preseason, regular season, whatever. It was the Raiders versus the 49ers. It was a Bay, Bay Area battle. Battle of the Bay. Yep. Battle of the Bay that went to my, Now, these young guys don't realize that. It's it's not there for them. These new guys, it, it's not there for them. <laughs> but trust me when I tell you, I'm talking to 49er people, they understand it. <laughs> they want to they wanna do it. So, you know, to answer your question, Q, I'm hoping – that these guys can resonate that feeling of pride, that feeling of a rivalry that once was to go up against the 49ers. It's so much more than just another football game. Yeah, this is the it's number 49ers. one. This is the number one defense. They have weapons everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Everywhere they have weapons. They're well coached. They have an attacking coach who wants to put up a lot of points. He will not take his foot off the gas if they were up. I can promise sure. you in this not game. And I think the biggest story overall in the NFL as we wrap this up in a bit, is the race for the one seed in the AFC comes down to Buffalo and Kansas City. I believe if Buffalo has the one seed in Orchard Park, they'll go to the Super Bowl. It's that big. But another story not a lot of people are talking about is the two seed in the NFC. Okay, Philly's got the one. If Minnesota can hold on to the two, the Niners have to beat Minnesota in Minnesota and then go to Philly. 
If they right. can jump Minnesota, they get that game in Santa Clara. They get two home games for Brock Purdy. It's a monster story that not enough people are talking about. The two seed in the NFC. So the Niners want two games for this Brock Purdy kid, Mr. Irrelevant, at home in front of their faithful fans instead of having to go to Minneapolis. I think they could smell blood in the water. They're coming. They want to win this game, Lincoln. And you mentioned it. I watched, I was talking to Q, we watched Hard Knocks on HBO with the Cardinals, and J.J. Watt, as we're recording this, announced his retirement. He's playing out his season, and he was in the locker room after the game, brought the team together, and they're out of it. They're four wins, and he goes, you right. get to film, you get to the gym, you get to the weight room, mm-hmm. you do it for pride, you do it for your teammates. And the speech, hair on the, your arm standing up, it was amazing from a gold jacket future Hall of Famer. Who in that locker room, Lincoln, is going to have them ready to play, other than the coaching staff, so they come out in front of home fans in a legion and put up a really big fight and stay in this game? Who in that locker room is going to set the tone for the Raiders? I think it comes down to the the one who deserves a gold jacket for this season is Max Crosby. Mm -hmm. You know, when you talk about a defensive player of the year, I didn't have the pleasure of playing with a guy stand out of the magnitude. Now I played with some good defensive guys, Mm -hmm. but – when I look back on the, uh, when I look back on my years, it, it was guys like Rod Woodson, it was guys like Eric Allen that had great years. Deserve, you know, Rod, Rod Woodson already in the Hall of Fame. Eric Allen deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But you talk about a person who had a standout year, who wasn't on the same side as me. Mm-hmm. I played with, you know, off of, obviously uh, MVPs. Rich Gannon, he won the MVP. You know, he, obviously Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, obviously. On the other side of the ball, who stood on the other side of the locker room, who would rally guys, if I was in that locker room, I would rally behind someone like our our most valuable player who stood out this year. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, 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 and and you know what? Here's the thing. This team has gone through so much, has rallied through so much, has done so much. There's so much potential. When you look at this team and their ability, I'm so proud of the way they play. Look, there's inconsistencies that need to be correct, corrected. But this team, there's individuals who stood out. Those need to rise up, need to rally behind them for the final two games. We'll see what the chemistry moving forward for the final two games is based on how these individuals play and how they rally around the teammates that are supported around them. That will tell me the true chemistry for going forward for the Raiders. You know, one thing I noticed from being in the locker room, you know, following games is that the team has a lot of, you know, do as I I do type leaders, but not really a whole lot of vocal leaders. How much do you think that a vocal leader is also needed to be interjected into that locker room? Q, leaders are, 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 aren't born. They're created. Right. They're created over time. I never stood out to be a leader when I was a part of the team. It was something that Tim Brown, you know, yo, you speak up, speak up. And I, I, I had many instances where I told the team, follow me. I promise you, if we, if we call 14 blasts, we're going to have it. If we call the plays that are over my side, we're going to have it. You see what I'm saying, Q? Yeah. JT? Yeah, I do. That's what it's about. Leaders are created through time, through, through, through the battle that is what we do. And more importantly, it's over. It, it, it's a fact where you stand up to be counted and you show that you're worthy of having that. 
That's what we're looking for with this team. The great Lincoln right Kennedy. That's Josh right Jacobs there. and Max Crosby. That's yeah, Josh Jacobs well, and Max Crosby to a team. Yeah, right there. and Lincoln said it. I think yep. we know the answer, who the leaders are there, and, and getting vocal is really important. So, Lincoln, as we wrap this up, we appreciate it again. The Niner game, then we have Kansas City after that. My big takeaway this week on Raiders Roundtable is play for pride. These gut-wrenching yes. losses are hard to handle, especially for our viewers, our listeners, Certainly. the great fans of the Raider Nation, and they deserve two home games. Two home games to wrap up this year going into next year where the fans can be encouraged going into next year. And I'll say it again, this team plays hard. Yeah. There has right. never been one moment this year on Raider Nation Radio in this building where we didn't talk about this team being together and playing extremely hard. They just had a bunch of really tough losses that yep. you don't see, Lincoln, True. in one season. You see these True. type of losses over three, four, ten years. They all happened at once. And my final question to you will be, how important is it to build on it? For the players that will be back who are going to play in this game who aren't injured, that's got to be the message. You're going to be here if you're going to be here. We're going to use these last two games for something to build on. I, I, I remember, you know, after our our Super Bowl season, the the fact that you know we went four and twelve, I think it was mm-hmm. the following season. It's hard to win afterwards. It's hard to win the National Football League. There's no doubt about it. But there's a feeling of pride. And when I tore my tricep in the Green Bay game, the final season, I knew that personally I was done. I knew it. I announced it. I'm I'm, I'm retiring. I can't do it anymore. I tried to come back. For these guys that want to play, want to be in the National Football League for long, for, for you know, after this point, whether they're with the Raiders or someone else, play for pride. I challenge you, play for pride. Go out there and play like you want it. There's nothing greater than seeing an individual try and do his best. You're not always going to win. You're not always going to be successful. But do your best. Give your best effort. That's what I challenge these guys to do. Well, thank you, Lincoln. We appreciate it. Self safe travels. We'll yeah. see you here for the next couple of weeks. We got a couple of home games that are going to be here, and the Raider Nation is excited about that. There's a lot to get to. Keep listening to Raider Nation Radio. Stay at Raiders.com for all the podcasts, all the videos, all the content we keep providing. And thanks for watching this week on Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union.